For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Oh, it's a tough morning here in the Delaware Valley, the day after Super Bowl 57, in which the Philadelphia Eagles came up just short in losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here for the next two hours to go over why the Eagles are not going to be having a parade later this week. Uh, you're truly in my comfortable climbs. Jay McMullen in his hotel room out there in Arizona. Looks like he got about 25 minutes sleep. Am I am I overestimating how much sleep you got, McMullen? I think I I think I got a solid 90 minutes. Like yeah. Yeah. So I'm struggling like everyone. Not the way to go uh into a day after the Eagles lose the way that they did. In one of the most exciting Super Bowls I've ever seen, and I've seen basically all of them. I don't remember. Uh, one and two, I barely remember. I surely remember three when the Jets won, but the other 53, I certainly remember everything about them. And this will go down as one of the best Super Bowls of all time. It's just, unfortunately, for the Eagles and their fans that they're on the short end of this one. Uh, before we start to pick it apart, would you agree that this is one of the best Super Bowls ever? 
Oh yeah, very, uh, you know, 38, 35. People love scoring. Uh, they got that. They got two explosive offenses. We talked all year about, you know, MVPs and who was MVP and both quarterbacks showed up and, and played like MVPs and had tremendous games. So you had that. Um, yeah, I mean, tremendous uh, awareness by by Kansas City late. Uh, Eagles fans aren't going to like that, but, um, you know, winning the game essentially with eight seconds left and, and doing what they were able to do um yeah something about arizona um you know the malcolm butler super bowl was here the last time david tyree helmet catch and and now you have the 38 35 super bowl so yeah it was very entertaining anybody's going to complain uh about the nature of these two teams they were you know they both they both belonged in this this game and they both proved it they did they put on a show and it comes down to a last second field goal that decides it um just a quick shot at arizona that field was a stone cold mess and yeah. a shame now as everyone was said two hour show on the nfl and logistics in this super bowl they should be ashamed of themselves uh but you know to the eagles credit obviously the field was an issue you know jason kelsey said it Sam Raddick said it was the worst field he's ever played on his entire life, which is, you know, amazing for the Super Bowl. But they both, you know, both teams were on the same field. So right. both teams had the same, you know, positives and negatives. So um, nobody was using that as a crutch. But the NFL should be ashamed of themselves for not doing a better job. They've had three amazing Super Bowls here, but that game was uh, marred by the fact that the field just flat out was a mess. And you're right. It played the same for both teams. So it's not the reason that the Eagles lost the game, but it was, it, it made it a lesser Super Bowl, which is too bad because it was such a superior Super Bowl. And it was one that the Eagles had a 10 point lead at half and they had to get two big defensive stops. The first at the very beginning of the second half, that didn't happen. Patrick Mahomes limped out of the locker room. We saw him limp into it and then come out and look perfectly fine despite that high ankle sprain, that nice tackle by T.J. Edwards, fair tackle, hard tackle, had him limping off the field to end the first half. He comes right out onto the field to start the second half and marches him right down the field. Uh, the Eagles defense needed a stop there or at least to hold them to a field goal. They couldn't do that. And then the biggest uh, drive of the after the Eagles tie it with the Jalen Hurts running touchdown, and he just power will into the end zone for the two point conversion to get it even when they were down eight. They needed another big stop, and they didn't get it. We're going to talk about special teams today. We're going to talk about an unforced error by Jalen Hurts, the only major mistake he made all game, and surely those were big factors in the game. Eagles couldn't get a big stop when they needed it, John. End of the uh, start yeah. of the second half, and in the fourth quarter when the Eagles got the game tied, they just couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chief offense. Nope. Uh, you know, I go back to Super Bowl Fifty Two, and games have personalities. It's always stuck with me, and this was another one. This was a shootout. I said it when it was seven seven. I said, "Welcome to the shootout." This was a shootout, and there was going to be some some points scored in this game and 
you know, back in Super Bowl 52, the Eagles got to stop. They got to play. Brandon Graham, strip sack. If that happens, they win the game this time. Didn't happen. They didn't get to stop. They didn't get the the big play. They didn't get off the field. And it was, yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, obviously, the defense is going to take uh, a lot of hits today, and they should. I mean, the Eagles should have won this Super Bowl. They dominated the first half. The Chiefs were lucky to be within 10 points. Game should have been over. And, and you know, they let them right back in the game. They had three straight, you know, they had four possessions in the second half. Touchdown, 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 field goal. And the only reason that wasn't a touchdown is because Jarek McKinnon was savvy enough to understand the game situation and get down. Otherwise, he was walking into the end zone. And I think maybe the Eagles were allowing him to walk in the end zone. And he was too smart. And Yep. Uh, he he essentially ended the game by by being savvy and you know would Miles Sanders have done the same thing I don't know uh, you know he's had that history of going out and uh, you know when the Eagles are trying to run out the clock so that you have to give Kansas City a lot of credit as well but touchdown 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 and and again field goal to end the game that's that's not good enough and and you mentioned special teams we've been waiting all year for the shoe to drop. And here it came with a 65-yard Kadarius-Tony pump return. Nick Sirianni made sure to mention, you know, there was the fumble touchdown and and, and essentially the 65-yard pump return. You know, you can't blame that on the defense. That's extremely short field. But defense didn't play well, especially in the second half. You used the word there, and you've used it a lot, and I agree with it. Uh, savvy, that the Eagles have savvy cornerbacks, two of the more savvy cornerbacks in the National Football League. Well, those savvy cornerbacks, I know for a fact that Slay got burnt on the one. I'm not exactly sure who got beat on the uh, second touchdown, but the Chiefs not only scored touchdowns, they scored walking touchdowns. Yeah. The Brigham you know, it was tough. Well, you got you probably had a better angle than me. I I I, I don't know to give Andy Reid credit, but these guys were wide open. I, I don't know what was going on, but I know I talked about you. I pressed this team, you know, communication in that back seven was gonna be a big thing because they were gonna play a lot of zone. <clears throat> and you got guys wide open. In, in in the red zone for easy touchdowns. Yeah, that was not good. That was not good at all, Jody. All right. On the <clears throat> Kadarius Tony touchdown, not his 65-yard punt, on the touchdown, that's just a mistake by Darius Slay. He is looking to pass him along as he goes. It's man-to-man, so he's, he, he's first starting to look like he's going to have to go around the entire defensive line, and then he, uh, Tony just dead stops, and Slay is left in no man's land and he just walks into the end zone. The second one, I don't even know who Sky Moore's responsibility was because <clears throat> he, too, came in motion, stopped, went back the other way, and there was no one, no one. You couldn't even see anybody on the TV screen as to who was uh, supposed to be covering him on the play. That is just a total breakdown and a walk-in touchdown. Uh, yeah, you can make some excuses for Gannon's defense. A short field on the one. They didn't give up the seven points on the Jalen Hurts unforced era. But not only did they give up 24 points, 
14 of them were the easiest points I've ever seen in my life yeah. on short pa passes. That's how I, 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 I always said, um, you know, with this defense, when, when you blow coverages, it looks bad and it looks, and you saw it looks bad. Um, and, you know, I, the irony of all ironies, we've been talking about this all year. For whatever reason, that narrative started that Vic Fangio uh, was a consultant for this team. And I kept saying, no, he's not. No, he's not. No matter how many times you see it, read it. He's not. He's not. He's not. By the way, everyone can send their apologies to me for yelling at me because he's not signing a two-week contract if he was under contract to be a consultant. He wasn't a consultant. And for some bizarre reason, the Eagles brought him in for two weeks before the Super Bowl. Not that there's anything. I don't think it helped. I don't think it hindered. I, I, I just don't understand other than I gave Jeffrey Lurie credit for, you know, that's an owner who's willing to give his staff anything to try to help them succeed. But I don't know how it helps them succeed. But this scheme in general, I bring up Vic because of the scheme. When, when when you don't communicate, it can get ugly. Um, and you see it all across the league, and I would bring it up during the season. Teams, it was ugly. And the same thing with the Eagles. They just happened to do it better than anybody else this season. But at, at times, it bit them. And when you play that, you don't communicate, it's going to look ugly at times. And, oh, by the way, on those two touchdowns that were miscommunications and just look stone-cold ugly, here's the reason why I'm going to give Gannon a bit of a hard time today. And you and I were texting prior to the game, and you were telling me, looks like Steichen's gone. Gannon could be gone, too. The entire staff is going out the door after this game. Steichen may still well get the cult job. I would say Gannon's defense's performance yesterday probably hurt his chances in Arizona, but we got to let that play out. Here, here's my other issue with the Eagles. There's a couple issues with the Eagles defense. All week long, we talked about the 70 sacks, the Philadelphia third most sacks in the history of the National Football League. Unbelievable that they get there with only four. Jonathan Gannon doesn't have to blitz. This is one of the greatest defensive lines we've ever seen. Zero sacks. And truth be told, and Johnny Mack, this is your Ballywick, they didn't even get pressure. And Mahomes got rid of the football real quick. Andy Reid had the well-played, well-designed plays. The guys got open as fast as they did. They didn't even get pressure on him. Forget about getting a sack. They And when they did get pressure, Mahomes went by them and turned the ball up the field with his gimpy ankle and made a couple of big plays with his legs. What the hell happened to the best defensive line in the National Football League? Well, a couple things I said. Number one, people didn't give enough. Well, some people in Philadelphia didn't give enough credit to the Kansas City offensive line, which is really good in its own right. Um, now, all you know, we heard was Andrew Wiley, weak link. Uh, San Reddick's yeah. going to eat all day long. And Andrew Wiley left. was Those a are the four break. guys out of the conversation. And then you go into the Andy Reid uh, preparation aspect of it because he knew um, – Andrew Wiley was going to be up against it, and he did give him more help than I, I certainly expected. And there was always a person on Wiley's side pretty much chipping, doing whatever, uh, trying to slow Hassan Reddick down. But it was interesting. 
in the first half, and you and I get in this discussion all the time, and this is a perfect example, all right? Like nobody in the history of the world was getting a lot of sacks. I mean, they were getting the football out. That, that was the game plan. They were concerned about the Eagles' pass rush. So Patrick Mahomes, A, was getting the football out. And that's why I always say, you know, the Eagles went through that stretch of big sack games, and you looked at the quarterbacks in there, the Ryan Tannehills of the world, the Daniel Jones of the world. Again and again, they happened to go through the stretch with quarterbacks willing to hold on to the football, willing to give you. Now, the Eagles were doing a tremendous job pass rushing, but I would always bring up Tom Brady. All right, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be the fearsome foursome, the steel curtain, the purple people eaters, the 70 sack Eagles. Doesn't matter who you are. You're not sacking Tom Brady a lot. You're not. He's getting the football out. He's getting it out on time. So there are certain quarterbacks who aren't going to allow you to sack the quarterback. The problem was the first half, they got some pressure. Second half, they got no pressure. Zero. Um, and and that's an issue. You mentioned Reddick. He had a couple good pass rushes in the first half. He and Sweat almost got him with that little push pass. He tried to, you know, unconventional. TJ Edwards almost intercepted it. The Kansas City receiver, I forget who was, was almost caught it as well. It was like a bang bang play. But that was tremendous pressure. A couple times they had Mahomes uncomfortable in the first half. Second half, I mean, second half was just a, a disgraceful defensive performance. There's, there's no other way to frame it. As good as Kansas City is, and they are good. I mean, we're talking about first ballot Hall of Fame coach, best player in the game at playing quarterback. It, it, the Eagles dominated the first half of this game. They dominated. The, the score, Kansas City was happy to be within 10. The score um, wasn't indicative. I think the yards was 270 to 120-something. Um, the time of possession, everything, everything was going the Eagles' way to the point you're saying, oh, this might be a coronation in the second half. And it didn't turn out to be. We went from the coin toss, Jody. You know, we talked too much about the coin toss. Kansas City won the coin toss. Here we go. Defer. Eagles go right down the field. Score again. Three for three. They were 14-3 and three in coin tosses. 0-3 in the postseason. They lost every single coin toss. Every team deferred. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown for the Eagles. And then when you went to the... The, the why you do that, the end of the second half, uh, the end of the second quarter, Kansas City was a disaster. That's when Mahomes got hurt. The Eagles got the ball back. They had the chance. They only got a field goal. They had a chance to punch it in. They didn't. They didn't look bad for Kansas City. And they came out. They did get the football in the second half. They did score. They did settle things down. Maybe it was Rihanna. Maybe it was the extra time in the halftime show. I asked Nick about that. They were not the same team in the second half. Something happened. 
the uh, coin toss and not the fact that it came up tails, but the fact that the Chiefs won and uh, deferred and decided to give it to the Eagles was one of the few player prop bets that I hit because I had the Eagles mm. scoring first. Uh, and you got to get the ball first and score first. And they did just that. Uh, otherwise, too much. I did think it was going to be an over, but uh, I had the Eagles winning the game in most of my parlay plays. So uh, not a successful day of wagering, not a successful day for the Eagles. All right. So we're all ticked off today. We're all disappointed today. We're all beside ourselves because uh, Eagles and I choose my words very carefully here. They could have won that game. I will not say they should have won that game. I think that's dismissive and disrespectful to the Kansas City Chiefs who did a hell of a job in rallying, getting the job done and uh, dominating the second half the way the Eagles dominated in the first half. So I will just say they could have won the game, which anytime you could have won a game and you don't, it is painful and it is difficult. But there's going to be at some point, and if it's not for you out there streaming with us in today, today, or later this week, or even next week, you can hold on to your mad and disappointment for as long as you think necessary. At some point, you got to take a step back and you got to look at the big picture and you got to look at what the season was. This was a heck of a season for the Philadelphia Eagles on a lot of different fronts. But first things first, let's start with the quarterback. Yes, I know Jalen Hurts dropped the football. Changing hands, unforced error. I know it's a term usually used in tennis, but it certainly fits here. Uh, no, no player had his hand on him before the ball came out, was scooped up in for a touchdown. It's a big, 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 big play in the game, and that's on Jalen. But other than that, man, did he show out. He, he was step for step, play for play, in some ways better than Patrick Mahomes, who is the MVP, who's been there, done that, who is... Uh, following the footsteps of Brady, a guy you're going to be talking about if he decides to play 20 years is actually challenging him for the greatest of all time. Johnny Mack, that was a show that Jalen Hurts put on yesterday. Oh, he was tremendous. And it's it's a shame that, uh, you know, they wouldn't win the game because you're going to, at least some, I think it's, it's fewer and fewer, but you're still going to have uh, whatever you want to call them, the haters of the world. Um, uh, he was tremendous. I mean, I, 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 I think he played better than Patrick Mahomes. I do. I think it, on, on that individual. I mean, one thing about, you know, Mahomes, I'm not criticizing Mahomes at all, but I, I just mentioned, you know, the way Kansas City was playing. You know, I think his longest pass play was 22 yards, Jody. I mean, he only had 182 yards passing. Um. You know, one of the most disappointing aspects of this game for the Eagles, I think, defensively, we haven't even got to. We will got plenty of time. Stop on the run. I mean, Kansas City was m the much better running team. Um, Miles Sanders got banged up early, was a non-factor, played a very poor game. Jalen Hurts carried this team offensively. Now, the receivers were good. Devontae was tremendous. AJ was tremendous. Dallas Goddard was great. Um, some of his throws to Dallas Goddard were just tight window, perfect throws. Um, and then the running aspect, he set a new record uh, for rushing yards by a quarterback. 
Um, he had three touchdowns. You mentioned a two-point conversion, just carried, um, um, you know, putting the team on his back. I said, you know, we, we had talked, and I never understood this mentality, but there people had it, and now it becomes a footnote. If the Eagles win the game, if they win the game, that drive, when they were down 35 to 27, what doesn't that answer? I mean, that it, it, it looked desperate. And you're saying the Eagles aren't used to this. Jalen can't do this. Bang, bang, bang. They go down the field. Yep. That looked like from a momentum standpoint, because remember, you had the Kadarius Tony pump return, and then you're like, oh, and they're down eight points. They score the touchdown, and it's getting late. And here they come right down the field. He gets the big play to DeMonte, and all of a sudden the two-point conversion. What more do you need to see? Jeffrey Lurie said it earlier in the week um, before the game. There's nothing left to see. Um, he proved it again. He was the best player on the field in the Super Bowl, happened to be on the losing team. That would be a legendary drive in Philadelphia if the Eagles came back and won that football game. Now it's a footnote, much like the season. I still said, I said on the postgame show, this is still the best Eagles team of the modern era. It's never going to be viewed as that. It still is. Um, you got to win. You got to well, win. I was going to say, how can it be but not be viewed that way? Because it's easy. I say it all the time. The best Patriots team of the Tom Brady era didn't win. So they're not regard, but that was the best team. That was the best group. The best team doesn't always win. I mean, people don't want it, to, it's, it, you know, the best Phillies team for local people, Ryan Howard, you know, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, that group, they won one World Series. They had a three-year run where they were the best team in baseball. The worst of those three teams is the one that won. It, 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 it happens all the time in sports, Jody. Um, you know, the two Eli Manning uh, Super Bowl wins, by no means were the New York Giants the best team in football. They made nice runs. They played well at big spots. They played well on the big stage. The best team doesn't always win. You know that. This, no, I, this no, team... no, no, John, I don't know that. You, you and I have different definitions. You can look up to a point and then go, oh. Super Bowl, one game, World Series, one game. No, it, the magnitude rises and you have to win that game if you want to be considered all-time well, I understand, great. Yeah. And more as we've gone on, more people have the Ricky Bobby rules. And I think, you know, Philadelphia, I'm writing about that today. Philadelphia is like ground zero of that, right? Because of the process. Either win or you're nothing. Either win or you're nothing. Either win or you're nothing. I, I don't like the way sports has gone in that direction, but that's the reality. I'm saying it's the reality. This team is now a footnote, and that's the most disappointing. That's more disappointing, I would think. Uh, I can't speak. Obviously, fans want to win the game, and I'm sure they'll look at it differently. To me, that's the more disappointing part of this because this ain't happening again. This ain't happening again. This this group, this team, this dominance 
they might go on and win a Super Bowl, but you know, they might be eleven and six. You know, they're not gonna be fourteen and one with the starting quarterback too often. Um, they're gonna lose both of their coordinators. They're gonna lose a bunch of players. They lost an opportunity that is rare. And that to me is the most disappointing part because they were the, the better team. And I know you're going to disagree with me. You're saying the better team didn't win yesterday. They lost a big game. They lost Kansas city deserves it. If you play this game a hundred times, Eagles, I'm not saying they're going to win it. 98. They're probably going to win it 57, 58 times. They're a better team. They didn't finish the deal. They deserve all the criticism. And they they had a tremendous opportunity and they didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I'm I'm between they become a footnote because they lost and they were the better team. They disregard the actual outcome of the game. Just judge it up to prior to the game being played and then crown a champion. It doesn't work that way. You have to finish it off. You have to win that last game, and they didn't. So that's why Kansas City is going to have to get, gonna get a chance to get a parade, and they got the Lombardi Trophy, and whether the Eagles were a point-and-a-half favorite, which isn't a whole hell of a lot, but they were the favorite coming into the game. You can make the argument that they had a better season up until that point. You lose the final game, and that's enough to move the needle over to Kansas City side. So they were the I'm better team. I, the I, I'm, not, I'm not discounting Kansas City by any stretch. They played. They deserved to win the game. But I'm saying the mentality of, yeah, if we see, but just because it's the championship game, we see upsets every week in the NFL. Every week in the NFL. Nobody is saying, you know, whoever, whomever, beat Kansas City on, on week eight, nobody's going to say they're better than Kansas City. Kansas City got upset on a certain week. But because it's the final game, because it's the two best teams, because it's where it is, people say, no, that's the better team because they beat a certain team on a certain day. That's not necessarily the case. Upsets happen all the time in sports. And, you know, I brought up the Phillies. It happens less in sports where you have series. You know, if you have a best of seven series and you're the better team, you should win. Um, doesn't always happen, but you should win. You have a better chance to win. There's less of a chance for an anomaly because you're playing again and again and again. Um, in one-offs, I mean, the NCAA tournament's the best example of that. I mean, one-offs – Anything can happen. And the disappointing part is they dominated the first half so much and they couldn't finish the deal. They couldn't finish the deal. That's what I'm saying. They deserve they deserve all the criticism in the world. They're probably sick to their stomach. Um, because they know. There's they know what opportunity they had. And they they didn't take advantage of it. Well. Uh, I, I I understand the point you're trying to make. I just don't think it's applicable in this situation. Both teams came in with the exact same record. Both teams came in with the exact same number of points scored. 
you couldn't have had two more evenly matched team and won one and one loss. So the better team won. That's it. There are, you're right. Week six, there's an upset and a team who's 13 point underdog to beat the Kansas City Chiefs or the commanders who beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's a surprise. That's an upset. This wasn't an upset. These were two very evenly matched teams. And over the course of 60 minutes, the Chiefs made more plays. The Eagles made much more plays in the first half. Chiefs made more plays in the second half. You put it all together, 60 minutes. One team ended up with more, three more points. That makes them the best team. Well, and believe me, 99% of the people are going to agree with you, Jody. I'm well aware of that. And that's why I say nobody will look at this team any longer and say, this is the best Eagles team in the modern era. Nobody will look at it that way. I'm, I'm, I, I still look at it that way. I saw both of those teams from day one through the Super Bowl. Um, and that's how, that's how, you know, whether it's, whether it's the Brandon Graham strip sack or we'll use Arizona's history in the Super Bowl or Malcolm Butler's interception or, or David Tyree's helmet catch. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about the slimmest margin of one play making the difference in somebody winning or somebody losing. And I just can't go all in. Oh, they won the game. They're the better team. The better team doesn't always win. I mean, to me, it's it's self-evident. It happens all the time, all the time. I mean, nobody... These teams were very close. You're you're very right. This is not a major upset, but I'm not trying to say that. We'll go back to the 16 and 0 Patriots again. That was a major upset. Like, I, I mean, you can scream from the hill. There is no stinking way the New York Giants were better than the New England Patriots that year. They were better on that day, though. And that's that's all I'm trying to say. Understood, but uh, and I, I I get your whole argument and line of thinking. I just don't think it's applicable in this situation. And apparently, although I'm not Ricky Bobby, I'm not going there. This Eagle team needed to finish the deal the same way the Eagle team finished the deal five years ago. So the, all the conversations we had leading up to who's better the team for five years ago or this team, you needed to wait till the play was over to give you a review of it. And that included the final game against an evenly matched Kansas City Chiefs team, and they came up short. So for me, the and that's, Super Bowl that team, to me is the most disappointing part because this was the opportunity. This was the best team they've had in you know since 1960. This was you know franchise record from wins. You know, throw out the two. Gardner Minshew games, 70 sacks. You know, when is that going to happen again? You know, if people think this is coming, if people think this is the new normal, oh, they're going to go 14 and 0. They're going to get 70 sacks. It doesn't matter who they bring in. They're going to have this. They're going to have that. Career years all over the place, Jody. It's not going to happen again. So that's what I'm saying. As disappointing as the loss is, to throw away. that's probably too harsh of a word, but to not cash in on this opportunity. Oof. Going to be painful. You are correct. But uh, one last analogy, we'll get our first break in. You know, I'm a horse racing guy. 
uh, and did not have a good day on Saturday. It was not a good weekend for the Mac man. Uh, all my player props in the Super Bowl came up short because I had the Eagles winning the game and I couldn't pick a winner, uh, couldn't pick my nose on, on Saturday. It's a six for a long race. It's a mile race. It's a mile and a half race, whatever it is. They don't judge the winner until they come past the finish line. You can run the greatest race of all time up until the last 20 yards. And if another team gets another horse gets his nose in front of you, guess what? You go to the window with your ticket. You say, please pay me. I handicapped that race perfectly. They run it through the machine and they go loser. It is decided at the finish line, not before, not throughout, not, oh, my God, opened up eight links on the backstretch and ran the fastest half mile in the history. All of that goes by the boards if you don't get your nose in front of the I know, Jody. I know. It's only gotten worse. And I always, one, because it's a tremendously funny movie, but I always get a kick out of it. Because it was actually Ricky's dad in the movie who said, you know, if you're not first, you're last. And... In the movie, it stuck with uh, young Ricky Bobby. And then later in the movie, everyone forgets. You know, he told him, son, I was drunk. <laughs> you know, you can finish first, second, third, fourth. You know, the, the people forget that part of it. Um, but, yeah, and I think Philadelphia, in a lot of ways, is ground zero because of what happened with Sam Hankey. And, you know, even Sixers fans to this day, you know, Jody, from being on WIP talking to Cliff, they moved the goalposts. But remember, at the time, it was about championships. That's all that matters. Right. You got to be in a position to win a championship. Now that it didn't work and they don't want to admit they're wrong, now they go back and say, well, we're relevant and all these other uh, discussions come into the equation. Wasn't where you said at the beginning, no. you just want to. You know, shine up that turd, so to speak, and make yourself <laughs> look better. Um, that you know, I get it. That's and where this, everybody. That not not. That's where a lot of people are. This and, eagle and, season is far from a turd. We both agree on that. It was a great season. It was a phenomenal season. It's one that we believe they can build on. It's one that they let a serious chance slip out of their hands. And forever, people will be disappointed because of the outcome of yesterday's game. But if we're just talking about comparing well, it to other right. championship teams, it comes up small, John. That, that's that's where, again, that's where the loss, from my perspective, you said they can build on this. That's my point. I don't think they can build on this. They're coming the other way. That's my point. They're coming the other way. They're losing coordinators. They're losing assistant coaches. They're losing players. They're not building on anything. They built to where they've never been before, and they didn't cash in. That's the most disappointing. Yeah, but uh, and and we got to wait twelve months for this to happen. Even if it happens, I would tell you that Kansas City won that game in part, not completely, but in part because of experience because they had guys who had been there the eagles dominated the first half and then the second half when pressure gets ratcheted up a little bit and intensity gets ratcheted up a little bit kansas city was dominant in the second half and i'll give credit to that in part to the fact that they'd been there and done that twice before so now this eagle group although i agree with you They'll take a hit on the coaching staff. They're going to take a hit in free agency, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. A 
key element of this team is stay in point. And if they get back into the playoffs next year and make a Super Bowl run, they'll be better for it because they went there this year and lost. He's John McMullen. I'm Jordan McDonald. We are Mac and Mac. We did not schedule any guests for hour number one. I knew there was going to be so much for Mac and I to talk about. I didn't bother. Our buddy Paul Domwich from the 33rd team and uh, jacobsports.com is going to jump in in hour number two. Uh, we're touching on why the Eagles lost, how the Eagles lost. Where do we go from here? Johnny Max, he's worried. Shane Steichen's out the door. Oh, my God. The, the, the nation is crumbling. Jonathan Gannon's going to get the Arizona job. No, he's not. After what happened in the you want to bet? Game. I'll bet you on that All one. All right, you got a wager on that one. The, the game was played in Arizona, right? The yeah. Eagles' defense came apart in the second half in Arizona, right? And we're talking about the Arizona uh, job. Is that the one we're talking about? That's the one we're talking right. about. You, you think Cannon's going? I don't think so. I think he's staying right here, which might not be a bad thing because I still like Cannon. I still think he's very good. But his defense did come apart in the second half. So we'll continue the conversation right here on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! 
appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365. The Eagle postseason begins. We got to wait later than every other team except the Kansas Chiefs to say the postseason is underway. But it is officially underway and the Chiefs do get to celebrate for a week and have a parade that the Eagles do not. Uh, So we here on Birds 365 will start to look forward to 2023 and a season uh, in which Johnny Mac is a little less optimistic than I am. But, oh, we got months to, to, to go there. Uh, We do need to continue to recap what the hell happened yesterday. And I want to get your take on it. I know it's a weird thing, but I I just need to hear it from you, a guy who was in the stadium as compared to me watching it on TV. I have not gone back and rewatched the game. Last night, after it was over and done with, I just tuned in to the post-game show, the little Jacob Media post-game show, the LNBC Sports Philly with our buddy Barrett on. Uh, So I didn't go back and watch the play. I went back and watched one play today, only one. And that was the very last play of the game, which was completely inconsequential uh, after Butker kicked the field goal. I give credit. Who was it? Who was it who fielded the kickoff, ran 11 yards and got down and took a knee? Was that Uh, Kenny Gainwell? Was it Gainwell? That was actually a pretty smart play and a pretty nice play. Uh, So the Eagles were going to get the Hail Mary attempt at the end in which Kansas City blitzed. what two were there two pass rushes that they had offensive linemen just standing there with no one to block whatsoever so Jalen waited 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 and then he finally threw it he only threw it about 40 yards Johnny Mac yeah he was getting, trying to uh... get it up there in the air to hopefully get a tip pass they decided to go uh tip pass at the end rather than lateral 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 we saw that once this year and the uh, commander scored a touchdown on it. They weren't yeah, very good. Probably, at the... They probably should have done that because people, yeah, I think people are going to start talking about it. Mo Jalen's got a strong, you know, maybe that was the shoulder. Um, I, you know, we talked that, about that was the question I was going to ask because truth be told, that was a lame throw. It, it came up so short. I, yeah. I thought to myself, maybe I didn't see it. Did one of their very few pass rushers actually get a hand up on that or try no, and I just, no I just he just couldn't a... get it more than 40 yards in the air i just think it was a bad throw maybe you know maybe it came out bad i don't i don't think anybody asked him because you know so it's always interesting to me that. with the, those desperation plays like people focus on them like the desperation play isn't the deal. It's how you got in the desperation. I mean, you're not going to do anything with that. I get granted. I know there's been Hail Marys and, you know, Minneapolis miracle, blah, blah, blah. There's rare instances where you pull something out of your, you know what, and, and you win a game. But to me, it's, you know, how did you get in that desperation? It's not, not that the desperation play looks so badly, but yeah, it was a bad throw. So, I don't know whether it came out bad, whether shoulders bothering him. You know, he has this deep ball. He's he's had a tremendous season as a deep ball thrower overall. He had that one to uh, AJ Brown. Actually, Trent McDuffie was in a great position for that, but he just lost the football, couldn't track it, and AJ Brown did a tremendous job. Um, but he's been good, and there it's like 45 yards, 45. It's almost like the Eagles crossed the 50 shot time, you know, and he's been great at, at putting the ball in the bucket especially. Um, 
in those range throws. But if you're looking, you know, for the Brett Favre, John Elway throw, yeah, Jalen's probably not your guy, but, you know, is that a big deal? I don't know. No, I, but it's I something don't... that Jalen can work on. He was very good last night. I really appreciated all the Eagles uh, and how they handled the postgame stuff. It was as disappointing a loss as you can think of. Uh, and I thought they all handled it with class. And I give them all a lot of credit, certainly Jalen and Sirianni and old Bradford. We'll get to him in just a second. Um, but uh, he does like to talk about uh, growing from losses and learning and, and using it as motivation going forward. Yeah, Jalen, work on being able to throw the ball 60 yards in the air. You're not going to use it much, but uh, dedicate a little time to that because that ball came up well short. All right, uh, James Bradbury. It was a weak call, John. It was a fair call, the passing, the holding penalty. Um, you saw there was one replay that they showed. Don't know if you saw it in the press box where you saw the jersey actually come away from the receiver, Tony's body. Uh, so Brett, you knew that Bradbury had grabbed a hold of the jersey on the play. In the postgame stuff, he admitted to grabbing the jersey on the play, and he said, yeah, I held, but I thought they were going to let us play. And how many times have you said it? I've said it. Everybody said it. They could call holding on every play in the National Football League, on the line, on DBs. There is a hold on every single play. If you went back, stopped every play, play and reviewed it for 10 minutes, which they did a couple of times yesterday in the game. Some of those reviews took forever. If you played nine-hour NFL games and reviewed every single play afterwards to find every penalty, you could find a hold on every play. They don't call it that way. At that juncture of the game, so little effect on the play. The, the, the receiver got clear. It wasn't like he grabbed him and hold him and pulled him off stride. It was a weak call. But it was a fair call. It was a call that the player who got flagged admitted that he had held on the play. I know that the Eagle fans who can't come to grips with or admit that the other team was as good as they were and earned the game and deserved the game will point to this and go, oh, we got screwed. Oh, the NFL is fixed. Oh, that no one wanted to see Philadelphia win. They hate us and we don't care. What were your thoughts on the penalty on the Bradford hold? Uh, no issue with it. None at all. I mean, you know, once we talked to Bradbury and he said that, and he, he was even more, you know, uh, I try, I was trying to pull up his exact quote. It was pulled to Jersey. He called holding. Uh, that's what Bradbury said. I was hoping they would let it ride, but it was holding. So in other words, he wasn't saying, you know, he, he was saying, I, I wish I got away with it. But he didn't get it. <laughs> it was holding. And, you know, the only thing I can say is if, if, if the same thing happened the other direction and the Eagles didn't get the call, Eagles fans would be incensed. Absolutely. And by the way, he held him twice on the play. He not only held his jersey, he also got his arm on his hip and, and sort of pulled. Now, Mahomes was under pressure, rare, in the second half. And he was throwing that football away. So it was... From that perspective, if you start getting into the how much did it matter to the play, yeah, probably not a lot because he's throwing the football away. However, I don't know where the receiver would have been. Maybe he would have been open. Maybe he would have saw him. Maybe he wouldn't have been throwing it away. Plus, if you're an, an official, you don't have that 
Right. You don't have yeah, the ability aware, to do that. Aware view of, of what's going on. You know, I, I say a lot, and I give Nick, just Nick said it, same thing. You know, he wouldn't go down that route. James himself took responsibility. Class act. Um, it, I, I often, I, you, you know me well enough now to know I rarely complain about officiating because, hey, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, they're human beings. They're going to make mistakes when they do make mistakes. And this was not a mistake. Um, but generally, when people complain about NFL officiating, generally, not always, generally, they're complaining about the rules. They're not really complaining about that's what they're told to do. That was a penalty. I mean, that was a penalty. And the, the, the guy who it was called on admitted it was a penalty. Yep. So to me, the discussion stops there. But I know people are going to be upset by it. And it, uh, it it ties into the way basketball is refereed for me. One thing that I absolutely positively can't stand is when there's a foul on a play and the referee, you can actually tell, he waits to see if the ball goes yeah, in. That's not, that that, like that if, if, if yeah. he's going to let it go, if the guy makes the shot, but if the ball falls off the rim, he feels he's got to do something. He's got to blow his whistle and give him two. Because he saw the foul. He knows it's a foul. It's kind of a ticky-tack foul. He'd rather not call the foul, but he doesn't want to punish the guy on a play he's fouled. So he waits to see if the ball goes in, and then he blows his whistle, and you go, what the hell? Either he fouled him when he was shooting, or he didn't foul him. Which is it? And he's trying to hedge the middle. That's why you couldn't blame this referee. He threw the flag. As soon as he saw the penalty, the flag came out of the pocket and he threw it. He couldn't wait to see that Mahomes was being pressured and he couldn't even uh, get rid of the ball, that it really didn't uh, take him out of the route that he was running. No, he saw the foul and he threw the flag. And that's the way you're supposed to do it. If you're a referee, you're supposed to not only call what you see, but call what you see immediately. And the referee did see the hold. So, unfortunately, it was a hold on the play. Uh, yeah. There will be Eagle fans that say the yeah, Super Bowl was stolen from them by that call for decades to come. But truth is, that was not the case. Is that going to be the last play that uh, James Bradbury does or doesn't make for the Eagles? Uh, we touch on this in our first segment just a little bit, and we're only going to do it for the next several months. Um, Eagles have a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the ball, one of which is James Bradbury. He had as good a year as he had that we think somebody's going to give him a boatload of money, and we're not sure the Eagles can be able to do that if they're going to get the Jalen Hurts extension done. Was that James Bradbury's uh, last game for the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, if I were a betting man, I would say it, it, it is, um, you know, uh, because James understands that, you know, he's got probably one opportunity here to get one more big-time contract because um, he played so well this season. And a lot of teams need corners. Uh, Arizona's going to need a corner. We're talking about Vega, you know, that might be an interesting fit. Um, but yeah, it's way too early to know what how he's gonna do. But and and he and Jake Rosenberg, like I said, I'm I they're they're gonna get an extension done with Jalen Hurts this offseason, but they're gonna structure it to where it's not gonna kick in, you know, fully till a couple of years down the down the road. Um so, you know, they're going to be able to make – there's certain guys that are 
they're not going to be able to keep though. And the, and Bradbury's among the most difficult, but they have so many issues and we're going to talk about this a lot. They have a lot of, I mean, this one thing when I want what I'm talking about, that was part of it. I, I brought up that on the post game show when I'm talking about the opportunity, everybody had a career year and they're coming off a career year and that's exactly it. What do you want? I mean, you want to get paid. Chauncey wants to get paid. Bradbury wants to get paid. Javon wants to get paid. Isaac Sayamala wants to get paid. Miles Sanders wants to get paid. Every single one of them came off their best season. Every single one of them. Career year, career year, career year, career. Everywhere, up and down the lineup. I mean, we've gotten to TJ Edwards. And, 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 and you know, what are you going to do with Marcus Epps? Now there's, you know, if you sign Chauncey, how do you go about it? You know, is Reed Blankenship the starting safety next year? You sign Marcus, is can you sign Chauncey? They got a lot of they got a lot of things to deal with. And there's, you know, there's certain people. We we know TJ Edwards and Kai, both of them aren't going to be back. You know, presumably one is going to be back and then is N'Kobe Dean ready on the offensive line? Somebody's paying Isaac Samalo. Do you want to pay? You know, he's going to get Halapuli Bati Vaitai money. He's probably gone. You know, is, is Cam Jordan, if Jason Kelsey comes back, it's now trending towards him coming back. Is Cam Jurgens going to be able to step in and play guard? Are we going to have that another issue where – the 15th heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, everybody, and then they end up playing a different position uh, because he's so good. Um, and then, and then, as I mentioned, with Javon Hargrave. And forget about Linval Joseph. He's not coming back. And Dominican Sue, he's not coming back. Those guys came in ring shopping. What I'm talking about, this opportunity, this is what I'm talking about, Jody, along with the coaching staff. This group, this group is now done. This group of, of this historic franchise record everywhere season is not coming back. Doesn't mean that experience you were talking about isn't going to help. You're still going to have the core group and maybe you finish with 11 wins or 12 wins, but you're better equipped to get through the playoffs. Whatever, you might go about it a different way, but... This group, the pages turned, and it's just a matter of how many are you going to lose. And that happens every year in the National Football League. This is nothing new. Teams change. No one comes back en masse. It was a miracle last year that the entire Eagle coaching staff came back en masse. Not a, not a change among the coaching staff. That was so irregular. Uh, it was unbelievable. This coaching staff is going to change. The players are going to change. It'll be a different team. I don't think the drop-off is going to be great. It's different. Different doesn't always equate to lesser. Sometimes different is actually better. Um, I don't know that you can get better than 14-3 and three and a three-point loss in the Super Bowl. There's only one way to go up, and the most important game is the final one, and who knows? Maybe they'll get back there. But this was a hell of a year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Certainly a disappointing finish. But, yes, there are changes are coming. All right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys on Birds 365. Come back, uh, talk a little bit more about yesterday's game, and then we'll get a third voice into the opinion 
our buddy Paul Domwich from 3013.com and his contribution for us on jacobsports.com. Damo will join us coming up about 20 minutes from now here on Birds 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. 
John McMullen up and at him early in Arizona this morning. Appreciate JM getting up as early as he did. He was working late, the post game and the locker room, and uh, got up early for us uh, to hop on board with us today before he gets back over here to the East Coast tomorrow. Uh, yes, the Eagles got beat. 38-35, uh, tremendously exciting game, certain aspects of it. Made it one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. The only one that matters to most Eagle fans and streamers here on Verge 365 is the final score. And that did not go the Eagles way. So, uh, yes, it, it cannot be considered a great ending, but it was still a great football game. But we're trying to figure out a couple things that transpired over the course of the game and why they happened. J-Mac, maybe you got an answer on this one. Um, and and I don't want to beat up on, on Jonathan Gannon because you know I'm a fan. Maybe not as big as you, but a fan more than a detractor. And he's got his detractors out there. But the Kansas City Chiefs ran the football better than the Philadelphia Eagles. And if I had suggested that here on Birds 365 on Friday, that the Chiefs were going to outrun the Eagles, I would have been shouted down from the highest hilltops. What are you talking about? We're a better running. The Chiefs don't run. Mahomes throws the ball. Hey, we're going to get after Mahomes. We're going to sack Mahomes. And they can't run the football. They ran the football. Part of it was Mahomes, believe it or not, taking off and making some plays with his legs. But Isaiah Pacheco for 76 yards, which, oh, by the way, one of my player props was Pacheco 75 yards. So that was one that I actually hit. Um he had uh, a couple of really big plays, including a touchdown. Um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson got a couple hits on him late in the game in the fourth quarter, but not till after he had gotten yards. The Eagles' vaunted defensive line got handled because most of the tackles had to be at the second level because the offensive line of the Chiefs gave him holes to run through. Where was the breakdown, John? Was it uh, the first level, the second level, third level? The Kansas City Chiefs were not supposed to outrun the Philadelphia Eagles coming into this game. No, well, and and that's, you know, there's two parts of that. One, the the defense was not good, Uh, 158 yards, uh, 6.1 per carry. Now, much like the Eagles rushing attack, it's skewed because Mahomes had some big runs, which was – surprising but Pacheco was really good um and he's probably you know um example number one when he want to put out and explain to people why Miles Sanders probably isn't going to be back here next year because that's a seventh round pick playing at that level in the Super Bowl um so the thought process process around the league and by the way I agree with it for the most part is you can find running backs and you don't have to pay them significant uh, salaries. And when you got to pay all these other players significant salaries, you got to make hard, hard decisions. And that's why the NFL sort of does business the way they do at that position. But um, it, look, the Eagles, the Eagles are a good run defense when they're in their five man fronts. And when they're not, um, they're susceptible of being gashed a little bit. And Jonathan Gannon told me, has told numerous people many times that, you know, we're willing to give up six or seven yards here or there if we can limit the explosive plays and, and shut down the passing game. So everything works in concert. Nothing was working in concert yesterday, which was the problem. But that's, you know, the one part of the equation. 
the Eagles' running game, and and I'll bring it up again. Kansas City's offensive line is good. I hope people in Philadelphia recognize that now. That's a good yeah. offensive line. That's a really good offensive line. That's part of it as well. Um, the Eagles' running backs. I mean, and Miles got hurt on the first play, but you know he got hurt on the first play, which was an inside zone, and he's kicking it outside like he's rookie Miles Sanders. If there's one guy who I said, who didn't who didn't look like he handled the big stage well, the big Super Bowl, the big it'd be Miles Sanders. I, I didn't know who that was on that 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 did not look like Miles Sanders. He had a poor game. And maybe after that first play, maybe some of it, maybe a lot of it had to do with the injury because he was in the locker room and he didn't talk to us, but he had a wrap around his hand. So I think he's hurt um, pretty badly. So maybe it's just as simple as his injury. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts was a running game. That's mm-hmm. it. They had 35 yards rushing. Take Jalen Hurts out. 35 yards rushing with Miles Sanders, uh, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. So Jalen Hurts carried this team offensively. Um, and, 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 you know, some of the receivers played great. Devontae, A.J., Dallas, um, Wes Watkins, they need an upgrade at third receiver. I think we all know that now. Um, Zach Pascal, you know, he's he's a solid, you know, whatever whatever you want to call him. He's He does the dirty work, but he's not really all that relevant in the passing game. He had a, one nice catch, I think one for nine yards or something. Right, but, and it got him a first um, down. It kind of made yeah. up for the bad uh, pass interference, offensive pass interference penalty. Yeah, did it, was that – I didn't see that. I, I guess he was blocking too oh, yeah, early. He was blocking before the ball ever got there. Oh, yeah, it, right. it was a righteous call. Um, so he did make the play, and yes, I agree you with You know, him. that's one thing I will say. Kansas City is so brilliant at rub routes and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, for all the accolades we heap on the Eagles coaching staff, and I think it's a very good coaching staff. And as I said, I think Shane Steichen and John are both going to be head coaches in this league within the next week. Um, they, they, they It's two years now, and they have all these issues. Now, part of it is just RPOs. Sometimes, you know, the illegal man downfield stuff. But when... You can't run a rub route. I mean, can't can't they get that right at this point? The Eagles were uh, over uh, more penalized than the Kansas City Chiefs, and and I do think it was a factor in the ultimate factor, no, but a factor in the game. You're right. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs staff outcoached the Philadelphia Eagles staff. That might be a bitter pill for some to swallow, but it is absolutely the case. Uh, let me ask you a rules question because you're better at this than I am. I should know it, but I don't. So. Shame on me, so I'm asking you. Um, Kadarius Tony, who caught the go-ahead touchdown on the fake coming through the line, stop, back the other way, Darius Slay screaming and pointing and just ended up standing there, and Kansas City takes the lead on the touchdown. And, of course, the big Tony run on the punt return that was a line drive laser by Aaron Sipa. Shame on him. They went with Brett Kern. 
yeah, Brett Kern was pretty pitiful during his games with the Philadelphia Eagles. So is the lesser of two evils. Well, we found out it wasn't even the lesser of two evils. It was just an evil. Um, the Chiefs acquired Kadarius Tony for a sixth round pick and a conditional th- a third round pick, a compensatory third round pick that the Chiefs got because Ryan Poles, the assistant general manager in Kansas City, signed with the Chicago Bears. So the Chiefs were granted a compensatory pick because they lost someone from their front office. This offseason, the Eagles lost a whole bunch of guys from their front office, uh, going to other teams all over. Like uh, There was a month period time, John, where every week we're talking about, oh, the Eagles lost this person, the Eagles lost that person, the Eagles lost Catherine Reich. Um, how come they didn't get any compensatory picks? Was it just the fact that you had to be a general manager, get a general manager's position that you would yes. actually get a compensatory pick yeah. for it? Is that it, it, because it, Kansas it, City took major advantage of that? Tony was one of the stars of the game. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Poles is a GM. Uh, the Eagles lost Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown, who were, uh, you know, it's for minority hirings, just uh, spur minority hirings. But they're assistant GMs. They're not GMs. So it's only for GMs. So so uh, shame on them that they couldn't get a GM job. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Why yeah. couldn't you get a GM got job and get the Eagles a compensatory? And by the way. So they Ian, could have traded for Kadarius Tony. I think Ian was a finalist. It might have been Tennessee. It might have been Arizona. It would have been interesting because he's he's very close to being a GM. He's getting interviews and all that kind of stuff. And you know, when he does become a GM, um, Chicago's going to get the pick, not the Eagles. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they got screwed a little bit. Howie said that when he lost him, specifically Brandon Brown, because he lost him to the Giants. So he was even more upset about that. But, um, man, it's just, yeah, it's goofy, goofy rule. And they, mm. and they you know, but – you know, one of the other things about those touchdowns, you know, that plays into it, I should have brought up. Kadarius Tony caught one pass. Sky Moore caught one pass. Like Andy pulls this stuff out. Like nobody on the field thinks these knuckleheads are getting the football. And then, bang, Andy pulls it out. And they're like, oh, maybe we should have been paying attention to Sky Moore on that play. And Andy Moore, Andy Reid should get credit for it, as should Patrick Mahomes, because he's got to pull the trigger on that. Now, they were so – I said this last night. I could have gotten the ball to either one of them, and I'm not much of a thrower anymore. When I was 14, I could whip the football. Uh, these days, yeah, it's not coming off my shoulder like a howitzer, but I could have completed those passes. Yeah, those were. guys were so yeah. wide open. Yeah, um, it was disappointing all through the season. And, you know, number two defense gave up 14 points in the divisional round and NFC championship game. And you're going to have those people as well, Jody. They're going to say, well, they finally played somebody. They made it through 19 games and and they finally played somebody. Um, Yeah, well. You're going to have that narrative as well. Which is fine. Uh, And when those people start, uh, I'm just going to say, 
38-35. Come on. Yeah, it was a close that, game. It wasn't like it was a blowout. That game could have gone either way. A field goal <laughs> better. at 59-52 yeah, of the game, and you're going to sit there and go, oh, they finally played somebody and they got beat. They got beat yeah. by this much. They they, yeah. they lost to the best team in football by this much. They, they were yeah. this close to being the best team in football. So you can stick the they didn't play anybody all year long uh, where the sun doesn't shine because uh, the, the Super Bowl absolutely could have. Again, this bears repeating. The Eagles could have won the game. I will not say they should have won the game. No, I don't say they, they should have won the game. I you don't say I, they should have. Right. Um, they, I say they blew a golden opportunity. Not that they should have won the game. Um, you know, I, I going into halftime watching Rihanna and and doing the Jacob halftime show in unbelievable volumes, trying to hear uh, Devin Caney and Mark Barzetta. Um, I was pretty confident the Eagles were going to win that game. And then I wasn't as confident when City went out and went right down the field. Um, I don't. I do not think the Eagles handled the extended halftime well. I, I don't. I don't. I. I mean, they were a completely different team um, in the first half compared to the second half. And everybody says second. Uh, you know, um, halftime adjustments. I forget who said it, but I loved when he said it. it might have been Kelsey. You know, I actually it was Peyton Manning. You know, we go in, we go to the bathroom, we have a couple orange slices, and come back out. Um, the adjustments are going on as the game is going on. Now you had a little bit more time um, because of the half, uh, Super Bowl halftime show. So maybe Andy was able to do some more things, but I just don't think they played well in the second half. I really, I mean, I, I don't think they played well. And if it's a learning experience, Johnny Mac, uh, as I and said And maybe earlier, that's the experience. They went through it before. That's what I was leaning toward, what I said earlier. Yes, they're going to lose guys. The, the roster that is going to start next year's season – I don't think will be as talented as this year's roster unless you have guys take unbelievable steps, but AJ Brown is as good as he is. And uh, Devante Smith already is as good as he is. And Jalen Hurts finished runner up for MVP. So I don't know how much more upside there is for some of the key guys, but they're going to need them to take even further steps because they're going to lose guys to free agency. So this roster is going to be, probably lesser to start the season than it is to finish the season. But the experience of being in the Super Bowl is something that they may be able to garner from uh, going forward for next year. We shall see. I see that uh, Paul Domwich is in our ready room. Uh, we're going to punch up Domo next here on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi, I'm Jim Mulebronner, managing partner at Delval Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Birds 365 on a day after an Eagles Super Bowl loss. Hell of a game. Uh, one of the most exciting Super Bowls I've ever watched, and I've watched almost every single one. I'm going back to Super Bowl three. Um, but a Harrison Butker late field goal gives a championship to the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid, which some people here on the stream or uh, the trolls are digging that one in, losing to Andy Reid. I'm okay with losing. If you're going to lose somebody, you might as well lose to Andy yeah. Reid. Uh, but we're talking about it here on Birds 365. We got Paul Domwich from jacobsports.com, the 33rd team, to chime in and uh, give us his take on the game. And Domo does not usually go with the hat look. What hat you got on today, Domowich? Uh Hall of Fame. Uh, the Dick Vermeil Hall of Fame hat. There we go. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Hall <laughs> of Famers. Uh, two Jets, by the way, for Jody. We get, we get Jody. Go Klecko, Philly guy for, for yeah. you Birds 365 people. Come on, a Philly guy, St. James High School Temple. Uh, Philly yeah. guy got into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Yeah. Uh, long overdue for Joe Klecko and yeah. Terrell Rivas. But we got a game to talk about, Damo. Um, we do. We do. What were your uh, first days? I mean, at halftime, I I was watching Rihanna in, in the stadium and saying, wow, this team is, is pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I'll go yeah. Larry David. And all of a sudden they come out after the extended halftime, completely different team. Um, what, what do you think happened? 
Well, for one, I mean, I credit Andy Reid with, uh, I mean, he knew going out in the second half, he couldn't just lay all this in, in, in Mahomes' lap. Um, he knew he had to run the ball, which, you know, I mean, you know, Andy, he hates yeah. running the ball. Ran yeah. the ball 19 times in the second half for, they outrushed the Eagles. I mean, the best, one of the best running teams in the league was outrushed by, by a team that hates to run, uh, which speaks to the defense. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, in my mind was, it was a huge difference in the game, but you know, you get down to that last two minutes. I, I still liked their chances. I mean, I thought, okay, you know, they're going to stop them, make them settle for a Butker field goal, have a minute and a half left. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm, I was confident that they'd be able to take it down the field and at least tie the game uh, and send it into overtime. And then we get the defensive hold. What did you think of the holding? Now, Bradbury said, I held him. I mean, to me, that ended it. That put a period on it for me. What did? What was yeah. your take on it? I thought it was a little more than ticky-tack, so I, I think it had to be called. I mean, you know, there are some calls you watch a game and you just think that the, the officials went way out of the way to put their imprint on a game. I don't think that was the case here. Uh, if he doesn't hold him, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster's probably open and they, they get a touchdown. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was a legitimate call. I don't think the referees decided this game, except for the fact that a couple of these replays, and maybe it was because there were questionable calls in the playoffs that had to do with replays, one specifically with Philadelphia, where there was no replay on the Devontae Smith catch, that they were making sure they were going to take a look at every single angle of the 70 cameras that they had there. They had two replays that had to take 10 minutes apiece, Damo. Did that have any effect they, they, on the game, the momentum back and forth, or yeah. uh, was that just due diligence, the NFL doing it the right way? Yeah, I don't think it had any effect. It was annoying. Uh, I think they mentioned at one point 30 different camera angles. Yeah, I was gonna they're say going to say how many HD cameras they got there, 70. Yeah, they're going from yeah. all. I mean, I'm convinced that if you have enough cameras and, and slow-mo enough, there is no – no ball has ever been caught in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, a tough break. You know, that's a game where it's one o'clock Sunday. You know, maybe you get away with it. Um, yeah, exactly. But on the Super Bowl, yeah, it's going to be a lot, a uh, lot more difficult. But let's talk about the defense because that's the elephant in the room. I mean, four possessions, Domo, in the second half. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And the only reason they didn't have a fourth touchdown is because Jarek McKinnon was savvy enough to realize. Hey, if I get down here, we're going to win this game. Um, they could have had four touchdowns, so that's not good. And and Nick brought, you know, one of them was the short field because he had the Tony pump return, so you can't blame the defense. Nick also brought up the, the fumble in the first half, so you know, even if you want to be nice and take fourteen points off the total and not blame it on the defense and say complimentary football. You can't give up touchdown, touchdown, touchdown in the second half. Yeah. You know, everything is connected to something else in football. Um, you know, they were able to run the ball, I think, partly because, you know, Gannon felt he had to give up something. Uh, he thought he could, he thought he could avoid that and not give up the, you know, some of the key runs they had, but it, you know, the, the success they had with the run affected the pass rush, and the pass rush wasn't was struggling already. 
I mean, that, that, that was a difference in the game was the fact that the Chiefs offensive line won the battle against the Eagles defensive line. And I didn't think that was possible. Uh, That's a good offensive line. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tap myself on the back, Domo, because I said that was the key matchup of the game. Yeah. I said the Eagles defensive line against the Chiefs offensive line. Now, I thought the Eagles were going to win that battle. But I, I was saying all week, the Chiefs offensive line is better than people in Philadelphia think. That's yeah. in the conversation for being the second best offensive line. They I thought the four really good players. Their interior line, I thought, okay, they're probably going to – they may neutralize Hargrave and Cox, and but I, but it, it, the Eagles still appeared to have an advantage on the edges against their tackles. Orlando Brown, I've never been a big fan of. Andrew Wiley had given up nine, nine sacks yeah, this Andrew. year. Uh, you know, I mean, he had his moments. Uh, you know, he's the one – he tripped up uh, – uh, uh, the quarterback early on. Yeah. But I mean, they just, it was, that's the battle they won. That's the key battle in this game that was won by the chiefs and probably ended up deciding this game. Well, I'll, I'll give another one that was won by the chiefs. Sorry to say Eagle fans, the chiefs offensive line got the better of the defensive line of the Eagles. How about the Eagles offensive line, which we sing the praises of all the best offensive line bar none the drop off between the Eagles and every other offensive line. They didn't run the ball worth squat yesterday. Uh, the, the best runs that Jalen's had were pass plays where he came out of the pocket afterwards. I guess they're holding their blocks, so you give them a minimal amount of credit, but it was Jalen just creating. It wasn't designated running plays from Jalen that were the whole fact that he led the team in rushing. Sanders, nothing. Gainwell, nothing. Boston Scott, nothing. This is the offensive line of the National Football League, and the Chiefs' defensive line – which some people question this side of Chris Jones coming in, held their ground against them. What happened to the Eagles offensive line, Dama? Well, I mean, they scored 35 points. The Hertz, And they had 417 yards, by the way. Hurts Hertz had, Hertz, Hertz had 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, uh, first downs, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, a lot of them on quarterback sneaks, but I mean, they couldn't stop that. All that, you know, it, it was a fourth, it was a four down game for the Eagles from, from the start, uh, which helped, you know, the fact that they had to settle for two field goals ended up killing them, uh, along with that defensive yeah. hold. Uh, you know, this was that both of these teams went in as the second and third ranked red zone offenses in the league. Um, you know, and, and, and the, you know, the Eagles twice had to settle for field goals and, 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 again, that ended up being the difference in the game. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, you know, I thought Miles had a bad game. Now, he got hurt on the first play. Maybe it had to do with the injury, but he did not play well. I don't know. You guys probably had a better look than me on the second potential Nick Bolton fumble recovery for a return when he hit uh, Miles well, Sanders. That looked really close to me. I don't. I don't know if it were a catch or it wasn't a catch, but I don't. Know, Miles just seemed off to me. I. I think it was more Miles than the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, early on, you know, from the moment he arrived, the thing that drives me crazy about Miles Sanders is everything's got to go outside. I kicked it outside. Uh, it was like he was a rookie, first play yeah. of the game, inside yeah. zone. He's kicking it outside. And there were some holes. I mean, he had some he had some big creases and just it was like he just passed them by. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Miles isn't going to be back. I think that's a kind of a, a fait accompli. Um, I, I yeah. think, but to Jody's point, Domo, the way Isaac Pacheco is running, he runs hard. If yeah. he was running behind the Eagles offensive line, I think it would have been completely different. If you were a north-south runner just going downhill, Jody, yeah. I don't think you'd be talking about the Eagles offensive line. I, I think they they played well, I as they normally do. You know, on the list of uh, things to, to do in the offseason for the Eagles, obviously they've got a, a ton of dilemmas with their free agents. I mean, they've got 19 unrestricted yeah. free agents. But they've got one thing they've got to go out and get uh, is a downhill running back. I mean, Kenny, I love Kenny Gainwell, and he's going to be a big factor in this offense going forward. But he's not the slasher, uh, you know, the power guy that they, I mean, they need that, they need that kind of guy to, to complement him. And I think, you know, that'll be a high on their list of offseason uh, people they got to get. They they have a downhill running back. Unfortunately, he also needs to play quarterback, and they uh, he's got more important responsibilities. But he's a hell of a downfield running there back. You go. And oh, by the way, that play to Miles, you talk about cutting edge. He had the ball. He took two steps. He didn't make a quote unquote football move. If he had, that's a fumble. And, oh, by the way, Nick Bolton was the unquestioned best linebacker on the field. I know we like the Eagle linebackers, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White. Nick yeah, Bolton he played. Was yeah, he played. easily the best linebacker on the field yesterday. Yeah. All right, Damo, I, I liked what the Eagles said after the game. It was painful. I know Eagle fans are in mourning this morning. They had the chance to win the game. Won't we'll say they should have won the game, but they sure as hell could have won the game. But I like the fact that Sirianni said, hey, we're not going to blame one call. Uh, it, it, we lost the game over the entire length of the game. They are that good. Gave credit to his opponent. Justin uh, Jalen said after the game, yes, you grow from pain, and this will be something that we'll use as a learning experience and become better with. I even like the fact that Bradbury admitted he held on the play. I thought they handled their business after the game real well. Can you take any solace from that if you're an Eagle fan? Yeah, well, you can be. I, you know what? I listen to Jalen. Jalen will never fumble again in the history uh, in the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> he is gonna. You know, I mean, he he, he, he you know he goes into the offseason with, with this is what I'm going to improve at, and you know that's going to be. I mean, he didn't fumble that much in, no. in his career, but but that one was. You know, I mean, that way he's going to take that one hard. And I tell you what, I mean, nobody's going to ever rip, uh, get a ball out of his hands again in his uh, in the near future. But uh, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Jalen's going to go into the offseason with that mentality, and he doesn't fumble it anyway. Typically, I think that was yeah. his third fumble of the year. But yeah. um, the opportunity here, I, Jody and I have been talking about it. Like, I, I still think this is the best Eagles team of the modern era. They're never going to be regarded as that because they didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. Um, but I still think they're the best team. And moving forward, you mentioned those free agents. Um, it looks like Shane Steichen is going to be the coach in Indianapolis. Jonathan Gannett is going to be the coach in uh, Arizona. Um, they're probably going to take at least one assistant with them. So you're going to have significant movement on the coaching staff. This opportunity, Damo, man, it, it, it's tough to imagine 
another season like this one. And that to me is more disappointing than the actual loss that they didn't take advantage of the opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a team that just, you know, is going to crash and burn after getting. No, I don't, I don't, yeah. But you're right. I mean, you know, they're going to have some difficult decisions to make. The chemistry is going to be different next year, particularly on defense. Um, you just don't know what the effect's going to be. You cannot, when you get an opportunity like this, you, you know, you can't afford to squander it uh, because you might not get another opportunity. I think they will, but, you know, Kansas City ain't going away. And yeah. somebody asked, uh, it was funny, after the game, somebody asked Andy, uh, you know, Andy, there's been these retirement rumors. And he, yeah. he looked at Mahomes and said, I think I'm going to stick around for a while. <laughs> I mean, Mahomes is only going to get better. It's like somebody said before the week before the game, the Chiefs had the best player, the Eagles had the best team. Uh, last night, the best player won. By the way, was he the best player on the field yesterday? Because I think Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field yesterday. I well, do. I mean, in a single, you're talking about last night's performance because yeah. of the angle yeah, and just everything. Last night. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Jalen. Not overall, right? Yeah. He came, uh, you know, you, the the fumble notwithstanding, I mean, he played a huge game. I mean, I, he was unbelievable. Yeah. Some of those Jay. tight window throws to Dallas Goddard. People are talking about the downfield stuff. You know, A.J., Trent McDuffie was in a position to make a play on that A.J. touch. He just lost the ball. Yeah. Um, he didn't target uh, uh, target it well. But some of those intermediate throws to Dallas Goddard, they were tight window throws. And then the running aspect, Super Bowl record, three touchdowns, ties the Super And the two-point conversion. He just carried the team when they're down 35 27. If the Eagles find a way to win that game, I I told Jody that that drive would go down in in Eagles lore when they're down 35 20. Now it's a footnote. He played a great game, Jalen Hurts. He did. And, you know, I mean, like I said, 10 rushing first downs by a quarterback. Uh, He is, this is going to be a part of his game forever. I mean, the people that, think he's going to stop, you know, not going to run because it's going to shorten his career. I mean, he knows how to protect himself. He's a fullback, essentially, in a, in a quarterback, a fullback, a quarterback in a fullback's body. Uh, and it's just such an important part of his game. It's going to continue. Uh, you know, there are things he needs to improve at from a passing standpoint. One thing you saw Kansas City do yesterday was when they flushed him, it was always to the left. Uh, yeah, yeah. He still is not. Uh, that's not his strength. He got better at it this year. Last night, he was not able to turn his body to make yeah. those throws. Most of me just threw away to avoid a sack. Uh, but he's, you know, I think he needs to learn how to step up in the pocket more and, and throw that way rather than always take it outside. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, he's going to keep getting better. I don't think, you know, I don't, he's not, he, he's a, a long way from his ceiling. Uh, and that's good news for the Eagles. Very good news if that's the case. Um, Sirianni did say last night in his post-game press conference that it was a question about, like, handing out blame. And he wisely said, well, we need to look at the tape, which means he knows that they uh, have an issue, had an issue, uh, but doesn't want to talk about it just yet. So when in doubt, well, we got to look at the tape first. 
you don't usually have to when you lose a game in the Super Bowl because you got months before you're going to play another game. But I would start breaking down that game film immediately because Dallas Goddard is a phenomenal tight end and a talented player. Shoot, uh, Kelsey had 81 yards, Goddard had 80. So they, it was that close. And the yeah. way that they get Kelsey as open as they do is a thing of beauty. Uh, if I heard it once over the weekend, I heard it 10 times, the same question I've been asking for a month. Not how does Kelsey get open? How the hell does he get so friggin' wide open? Not only open, but nobody else in the picture. Everyone on the planet knows they're throwing the ball to him. He's wide open. Can the Eagles learn from that? Can Dallas Goddard be the uh, Kelsey of the NFC? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, Goddard's a tremendous player already. And I think he's going to keep getting better. And his chemistry with with Hertz is going to keep getting better. I think he needs to become a bigger red zone weapon. Although in the red zone, the pass is secondary for the Eagles, or at least it was this season. I mean, it's it's they they run the ball inside the twenty. But uh, you know, I also think you're going to see more. Of, you know, last night for the first time in a while, you saw you saw Jalen be willing to to look to go, to to gain well. Uh, when he was under pressure and get the ball outside to him. Now, Kansas City did a good job of limiting the yards after the catch to gain when he caught the ball in the flat. But I think that's another aspect of their passing game. They they need to expl- get get become a bigger factor. Uh, but you know, it's funny when 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 Andy was here. The only thing people focused on was his game management. Oh, he's stupid. He's, you know, he doesn't know how to manage the clock. You saw yesterday, this guy is one of the great schemers in the history oh, of. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. I'm like, we're saying, how did they get so wide open? That uh, I brought up with Jody. I'm like, who thinks Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony are getting the football in that situation? Number one. Oh, you guys are probably all right. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump all over Travis Kelsey. That was one of them. Yeah. There's like three uh, guys jumping Travis Kelsey. Yeah, uh, he's he, that motion with Sky Moore when he yeah. when he's motioning across, like he's coming across the formation. Avante Maddox just got completely suckered because he was supposed to be on him. He comes inside, and then once he comes inside, he's he starts playing the run. In the meanwhile. You know, Sky Moore is is reversing it and, and motioning left, and he's like nobody within ten yards of him. Uh, yeah. And the same thing with Kelsey. I mean, the thing I keep wondering is why don't you hit him at the line? Now, I realize they put him in motion a lot. They they find they 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 move him off the line. They find ways to make it difficult to do that. But in my mind, that's the only way to slow him down it, it is to delay him getting into his route because once he does, he's got you. Uh, but nobody does that. As the Eagles certainly didn't do it yesterday. But I mean, the Eagles' offense—it's it, a little bit give and take, right? Because the Eagles' offense is, you know, it's RPO based, so they don't run a lot of motion. They don't—they don't do a lot of these tricks that Andy does. Like Andy was twenty-nine and three now with a bye week. I mean, Andy's ready. That, that's yeah. what I said. You knew Kansas City was going to be prepared. Um, and he, he's got all this motion. Uh, he's got all these alignments down pat. But he, he runs a different offense. I mean, the Eagles offense is darn successful. 
but it's pretty simple because it's an RPO offense. Can, all the bells and whistles are are not part of that offense. So how do you how do you mesh those two? Yeah, good question. Uh, but you find they'll find ways to 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 make Goddard more of a factor. Although this is you know their passing game is going to be a wide receiver based passing game. That's that's why they got AJ Brown. That's why they're paying him a hundred million dollars. Uh, that's why Devonte Smith's next contract is going to be in that same range. So, uh, you know, but you know, you, I mean, Goddard is such a valuable weapon when they do shut down those, those wide receivers or, or find a way to take them out of, on, on third down plays. So, uh, that's, you know, that's the challenge for, uh, you know, for Nick and, and probably his next offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. Hi, Damo. Yeah, you got Brian Johnson as the new offense coordinator because Shane Steichen's going to be the head coach of the Colts. John's got Jonathan Gannon getting the gig in Arizona. I'm not sure after last night's second half defensive performance. Where will Michael Clay be the assistant special teams coach next year? Oh. <laughs> I think he's going to be a casualty here. Uh, you know, is? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Who knows? You, you yeah. need it. everybody needs a scapegoat. Jeffrey, if Jeffrey's oh, proven one, why thing, do you he... think I brought up Johnny Mac? This is a Jeff Laurie special. Somebody's yeah. got to pay, and his name is Michael Clay. Yeah, you know, in his defense, in his defense, punt return has not been a problem this year. I think their longest punt return before last night was twenty yards that they gave up. I mean, their problem was they couldn't, you know, their returns, but punt coverage. Uh, Brett, Brett to be Covey, by the way, was awesome. Yeah, Brett yeah, Covey yeah, was a really awesome. good return. Yep. Yeah, but, you know it's funny when I watching that play on TV, the, the return by uh, Tony when he reversed field. You're watching. You're oh, saying there's got to be some. There's got to be somebody there. over there, right? There's got to be somebody over there. Then all of a sudden, the only person over there is the punter. But it was yeah. it was a long now, drive. Because yeah. we were in the end zone with the. And you could see it develop. They had the wall. I mean, it was it was it was set up perfectly. Um, yeah. And yeah, we 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 were talking all year. At some point, it was going to hurt the Eagles, and it did. It finally it came in the Super Bowl. It came late, but you know what? They were able to recover, uh, and yeah. they they went down thirty five seven. They came back to tie it though. So. Um, I can't give Jody's right though. Jeffrey Lurie has this history of, 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 I don't know if he can scapegoat somebody when he goes to the Super Bowl, but I guess he can. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame Michael Clay as much as I blame. Cyprus? There's not much you can blame. Here's, here's what. It, there's not much you can blame Howie on. Great roster, executive of the year, deservedly so. All right, let, 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 let me jump. Let me jump in here. Should mm-hmm. Howie Roseman have gotten him a better third wide receiver? Because as you mentioned, Sky Moore out of well, nowhere. I, I, that's that's part of it. That's part of it. But before I'll add that to it, I was saying the Chris Maragos is of the world, the Brian Brayman's of the world. Even the not, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, like they don't have. They don't. They don't get. They used to get that one or two guys who were special teams players. They don't do that anymore. I can't blame yeah. that on Michael Clay. Well, you know, I mean, but to Jody's point as well, third receiver as well. Well, I don't think that. Yeah, that how he was great, but that punt return, 
the man I blame is is Cypress. Uh, yeah, it was a bad punt too. Yeah, it was a low they line got bad drive. Punter. They yeah. got two bad punters. You want to talk about a move that that, that they're going to forever regret? It's when they didn't resign Cam Johnston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, nobody, nobody pays attention to punters that, that come and go, but uh, I thought they he got was going to be punters on the fifty-three, and neither can punt. Uh, <laughs> it, it's yeah. But, 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 yeah, <laughs> Jody uh, brought up Quez Watkins. Quez was another guy. I mean, yeah. he, I, I think it's kind of comical at this point. You know, I mean, that's what you do. But in 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 back in the spring last year, the Eagles were talking up. Oh, we think Quez Watkins can be a number two receiver. We think we think <laughs> Terry Vincent and Tay Gallon could be number two cornerbacks. <laughs> They're going to fight for it. And, you know, never listen to what they say. Watch what they do. They made it very clear they needed to be better at receiver. They, long before they got A.J. Brown, they went after Calvin Ridley and Kristen Kirk and Allen Robinson. They wanted a wide receiver. They got a great one. They need a third wide receiver, though. They still need – they play so much 11. They need a better third wide receiver, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean – you saw yesterday. I don't. I haven't seen the final uh, snap numbers, but every time I looked, it was uh, or at least in the first half, Pascal was out there and not Watkins because he's a better run blocker. Watkins just doesn't fit this offense. They need a guy that can block. They need a bigger body, a sturdier body, because that third wide receiver does so much running with the, you know, with their in their offense or so much blocking. And uh, you know, I think maybe they th- think they can get by. When they went with them, when they go with empty sets, it's Gainwell that's out wide. Um, you know, maybe they feel that kind of offsets, you know, any limitations by Watkins. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's another position that they'll probably, you know, if you if you're you've seen a few mentions of them drafting a wide receiver. I, it's not going to be in the first round, but uh, uh, I think I could see them taking one, you know, day two. Believe it or not, Quez played twice as many snaps as Pascal did. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's something oh, we need to address. Yeah, yeah I think most of them. Was, I think most of them were in the second half, though. Uh, well, they they used a lot more twelve in the first half. Um, you know, I'll tell you a guy that that just you didn't see, and I and you didn't see him much the whole year. Uh, Jordan Davis, uh, I expected more from him. You know, I I watched. I, you know, I'll, I'll, not gonna be back, so yeah, it's his yeah, job. He's, he's going to have to play a bigger role. Obviously, when you, you drafted him, you moved up and drafted him for a big reason. But he needs to become more of a down in, down out factor than he than he's been as a rookie. Agreed. All right, Dama. Last thing uh, for me, John and I debated this earlier. This year's team, as compared to the Super Bowl winning team from two years ago. Can you say this year's team was better than that team after having lost the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, I, this is the best. This was the best team in football. It just did not play well enough last night to win the game. I mean, the, I felt the 2017 team, even though it won 13 games, you know, I mean, without Wentz, basically caught lightning in a bottle in the playoffs. I mean, Nick Foles never played like that again in his life. Uh, so, you know, and if he didn't in those three playoff games, you know, they don't, 
I would say, I would say too. He didn't play that well against Atlanta. People forget, no. but he, he, it, then it was just lights out against Minnesota and New England. Lights out. Yeah. And if Julio Jones doesn't, is it Julio Jones? That ball, yeah. if he gets yeah, that ball. Got his hand on the ball and he ends up. Keanu Neal, if he makes the interception, you know, in the second quarter. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of football. I mean, yeah. well, a hand on a jersey last night was the difference in the game. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's going to kill Eagle fans all season long to think about that's that. How close, that's what you I, – I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I think this is the better team. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes a better team doesn't win. I mean, yeah. it, it happens all the time. I always go back to the 16-0 and Patriots. The Patriots won all that time, and their best team didn't win. Their yeah. best team they ever had didn't win. That, yep. that was better than every single Super Bowl team they had, and they didn't win. Yeah, and I'm a guy who believes you got to finish a deal. The, the last game, it just does ratchet in importance every single game. And when you lose the last one, yeah, you can't look back and go, yeah, but. Um, so uh, you writer guys stick together, us radio guys, <laughs> YouTube guys look at things differently. Damo, uh, great stuff today. Thanks for getting up with us. You know, we're going to tap into you all off season. Did a great job on Jacob sports all year long. We'll read you on 33rd team as well. Go ahead and take a deep breath and take a couple of weeks off. We'll get you back on in a couple of weeks. Thanks guys. Take care. Have a good trip back, John. Thanks, John. Paul Donwich, 33rd team, and jacobsports.com contributes to our website here as well. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, the Magamac guys, we got to come back. Sorry to say, not only a bow on the show, but a bow on the season. Uh, but we got the whole offseason to talk about here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.
Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Yes, it's a little painful, but we appreciate everybody who streamed in today after yesterday's 38-35 Super Bowl loss by the Eagles. Phenomenal game, one of the most exciting Super Bowls I've ever seen. And at the end of 60 minutes, the Chiefs just finished three points ahead. You're going to have to live with How it. How many deal people did we have listening today, Jody? I'm interested. I can't see uh, one um, out of town. Uh, was five, it uh, five and change? Um, yeah. Some 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 good numbers, not as good as we had uh, last not week leading up to the game. Number. Yeah, I was but just curious to see if uh, yeah, good solid numbers. People people didn't go into hiding. Uh, no, a lot of the good streamers who were here and dedicated uh, were here for both the upside and the downside. Uh, Johnny Mac, what's your upside look like when you getting out of Arizona? When you get back well, to the East Coast, I am on the red eye tonight from Philadelphia to Detroit. Then I'm coming from Detroit, Phoenix to Detroit, then then uh, Detroit to Philadelphia. Um, I will be getting in at uh, nine a.m. Supposedly, oh. so right in the middle. Of birds 365. So I'm out of the mix uh, tomorrow. And that's if everything goes well. Uh, Matty Verdram is going to join us tomorrow. We'll work on getting an Eagle guy. Uh, anybody get out of Dodge early today? We knew uh, last week that the Eagles would be sticking around and doing post-game stuff if they won. So they didn't. So I assume they're getting out pretty damn early. Uh, some of your brethren getting out early too? Uh, most are getting out late tonight like me or Tuesday morning uh, for that reason. You know, if they had uh, – you know, the soup, if, if they would have won, like Kansas City, the Andy and Patrick Mahomes are having a press conference uh, as this show is going on. So, um, well, it's actually at eight o'clock, so really early in the morning. But uh, yeah, it would have been the Eagles, but uh, they did not uh, win the football game. Right. All right. If you can round up any of your boys uh, who are on the late night flight back. Through uh, Detroit to Philadelphia for later in the week, do so. Uh, you have a safe trip back tomorrow. Uh, I'll be here. I don't know if it's going to be me and Tone or me and Barrett or who's going to be doing the show. Uh, John's in transit tomorrow. He'll be back on Wednesday. And yes, the offseason starts and we'll start that. Yeah, and Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni going to talk later this week, Wednesday or Thursday. Clean out day. Um, Locker room is supposed to be tomorrow, Tuesday at some point. So I don't know if I'll be back for it, but uh, plenty of stuff going on. It never stops. That's why it's Birds 365, Jody. Exactly. We just go from in-season to off-season. Howie's season. Howie's got his work cut out for him this off-season. Howie did a phenomenal job this season, and unfortunately they couldn't cash that ticket. Came up just short. 
oh, how he's got to go right back to work. He's got a busy offseason. And we'll be talking about it. Johnny Mac, safe flight. Appreciate everybody tuning in with us here on Bird Street 65. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.